Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast, where healthcare meets business, with your host, me, Dr. Karen Litzy. And just as a reminder, the information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not to be used as personalized medical advice. Enjoy the show. Jenna Cantor with Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart, a guest podcast host. And I'm honored to be here with Dr. Sarah Troike. We're going to be discussing her journey to physical therapy, really specializing in dance and the major obstacles you've dealt with in your early career going leading into now, because there are people who really want to niche down really, really want to niche down to something super specific. And it's not easy. It doesn't happen overnight. There's going to be naysayers and events that get in your way. So I thought it'd be really good for people to hear someone's journey that has led to success. Does that mean that there aren't obstacles along the way? Absolutely not. First of all, thank you. And oh, for the record, everybody, I'm going to call her Choiki because she's a good friend. And that's how I say Choiki. So if you meet her and you've listened to the podcast, you say Choiki, she'll know you listen to Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart. So Choiki, thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful. What is the, first of all, please share, what is the name of your practice currently and where you are located? Yes, it's called Trinity Physical Therapy and Wellness, and I'm located in Boulder, Colorado. I love that. And let's now go back to your background, specifically in dance. People have the backgrounds in sports and I don't know, studying for their you know PT license. <laughs> I would love to go back to you and dance. What is your background in dance so people can understand your connection, emotional connection to it? Yes. Uh, so I started dancing when I was three years old at a local studio in Colorado. I'm a Colorado native. Uh, I started with ballet and then I uh, did tap and jazz. And then probably around 10 years old, I started to become more competitive with it. We had a competition team called Starbound and we would go to all of the local conventions, competitions that came in traveling from like New York and Los Angeles. And I loved it so much. It was my life. I thought I was going to become a professional dancer actually with it. And I moved out to Hollywood to pursue a, um, I was on a scholarship program out there at the Edge Performing Arts Center that basically throws you right into the entertainment industry. But I quickly learned that I uh, did not want to do that. Um, just wasn't a world for me. But when I was out there, I was a part of a research study for a physical therapy department at USC. And they wanted to look at dancers and how they were landing from jumps and the biomechanics of that and turning. And that's when I really saw kind of two worlds colliding from a PT's perspective. But um, I'm still a dancer. I think once you're a dancer, you're always a dancer. I take class once a week still to keep that passion going. Um, yeah, and it helps me to stay within the dance community. Oh, you said something in there that really caught my attention. With whatever you feel comfortable with sharing, what about the industry as the performer, as a dancer, that made you really see it was not a good fit for you? 
Honestly, it was really destructive to my mental health. Um, uh, there was a lot of body image things that I dealt with. Uh, and I think it was unfortunately validated that like I um, didn't have the body type, I guess, for the industry. And that was really damaging. Um, I think I kind of looked around at some of my colleagues that were like, hey, this is like normal. And I'm like, how is this normal? <laughs> like, this is not okay. And uh, it really like burned me out. Like my fire for dance kind of went to a very, very small flame, unfortunately. Um, yeah, but I just didn't want to stay in a world that was damaging to my mental health. I didn't see myself staying persistent in it and creating the resilience to kind of overcome that, I guess. Absolutely. And, and, I know we're getting a little sidetracked, but I don't care. The it's interesting you bring that up. It's and and unfortunate. There's a lot of dancers that still currently deal with that. I've have some patients that are more larger in size. If you saw them, the average person would be like, they're larger. I'd be like, oh oh yeah, it's bad. How there's this this rhetoric of needing to be in unhealthfully skin, unhealthy skin, thin, thin, just thin, too thin. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and, um, fortunately there are people out there such as Eric Cavanaugh, who is a plus size, very talented dancer who are paving their way into success in the industry that are helping the change of all body types being accepted. Okay. Good. Now let's go into physical therapy. Did you have a dance PT physical therapy clinical? I did. I um yeah, definitely was feel comfortable yeah. sharing because I know this. So <laughs> what do you feel comfortable with sharing? I, I do think whatever you feel comfortable with, uh, there are roadblocks that I think are important for people to understand. And please know that she's not alone. I have had my own struggle bus as well. All right, go for it. Yeah, I actually fought really hard in school to get one. I think there was one already associated with my school. But it wasn't always guaranteed that a student would go there because you needed to interview and uh, plan ahead, I guess. Um, but I like really made sure I was like not going to take no for an answer and I was going to fight and like really try to get it. And I did. It was great. It was my last clinical before I graduated. And I knew a year ahead that I was going to go do this clinical. So I was anticipating it and so excited the whole year <laughs> leading up to it. Uh, and then when I got there, it like wasn't as razzle dazzle as I like put it into my brain. Um, it was a very challenging clinical and not in like a healthy way, I would say. Um, I had a clinical instructor that was not super supportive, I would say. Uh, I think there is a difference or a fine line between like tough love and like not you know, being like kind of negative with that, um, criticism, I guess. Uh, I felt like kind of like I lost rapport with patients because she did kind of demean me in front of patients. So that was really frustrating. And I don't know, I could never figure out if it was just like, you know, her trying to make me a better practitioner or just whatever, but I don't know. It was, it was not great, <laughs> not a great experience. Uh, to be honest. Um, 
And it was kind of disappointing because like I was so looking forward to it and it was dance specific, you know. Um, I think there was a little bit of a competitive nature too. Like they were very protective of their dancer clients and they almost didn't want to like allow the student to like get involved too much, which is unfortunate. Um, I did like on a positive note, you know, did come out with some really cool experiences of that. Like I got to be backstage with one of my clinical instructors um, and like, I think we were at a play. And so I got to see like that aspect of it. I got to see working on site with college dancers and how they set up like a wellness program for that. So I definitely learned a lot from it and also learned um, to be like advocate for myself once again. <laughs> I feel like I've had a lot of lessons in that. Um, but yeah, I think when I left that clinical and I graduated PT school, it like traumatized me so much that I had to really overcome like a huge imposter syndrome um, in my first job. I was like doubting if I was even a good physical therapist. I was doubting if physical therapy was like for me. So that that took a really long time and a lot of healing um, and good mentorship by you, Jenna, to like help me get through that. <laughs> I want to go back to uh, the struggle that you had at the clinical. And I want to talk about the emotional component because that was huge when we did the dance PT program together. That was a big thing. Um, would you mind going into, uh, and and you don't worry about the details of what was said or, or, you know, or honestly, if you do feel comfortable sharing any of that little bit specifics, it is helpful because people have heard what you've you've been told. Um, would you mind going into that and then like what that journey more specifically has been for you to emotionally recover from that? Yeah, I mean, I I felt a lot of fear every day that I was there. Like I felt like I was walking on eggshells a little bit um, and really trying to like please my clinical instructor because uh, I didn't want to fail my uh, clinical rotation. And there was no reason for me to because I was like putting in the effort and like really trying and having a lot of conversations with them on how to like improve in their eyes, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, just like fear was like the biggest thing that came up for me. Um, I had disappointment too. Um, I was just like unhappy and kind of in like survival mode a bit. Like I kind of just like put my head down and was like, just take it one day at a time and just keep pushing through. And it shouldn't feel like that. It should be like a supportive, positive environment, you know? Um, I think to overcome the emotional side of things I've had to just like find my people to like help uplift me and give me hope back in this very specific niche and so like finding mentorship was really important for me because I I want to be with people who are more like collaborative and not so like competitive with one another in this niche because we all have things to provide. And there are so many dancers out there that are in need. Um, I think that was another uh, negative belief that not clinical instructors put upon me, but other people told me like, how are you going to be sustainable 
and working just with dancers or performing artists. Like there's not enough out there, but that's really not true. Like beat out in the real world now, like there are so many and there are the masses that we can turn to and we need more healthcare professionals that work with dancers. So I think like being out here in the real world, having good mentorship, finding my people that are collaborative has been really helpful Absolutely. in overcoming emotional peace. Absolutely. Uh, it, and it, yeah, you hit on so many things. I really agree with you uh, having the creating community of supportive people around you that can help start obliterating the negative voices that are, are in your head from yourself. And then also that unfortunately can get reiterated by experience or actual words uh, is, is a journey of recovery and can get in the way of someone like Troiki taking action towards whatever you want in your career. You just get, you find reasons. Oh, I shouldn't send an email. You will find so many reasons why you can't move forward with that going on in your head. And I, I really liked also the other thing you tapped upon in regards to, there are so many dancers that still need help uh, everywhere, everywhere. There's not one mm -hmm. person that can treat all the people in a city in one city, it would have to be a very small city. And you would also have to be very established and everyone has to like you and trust you. Does everyone like and trust one person? No. <laughs> no. no, no, there's, there's always room and a need for more and, and never ever worry about someone else's success because their success is wonderful. Their success is what helps build the reputation of dance PT being a needed thing. So we need each other. I, I can't, Tricky, we've talked, I've talked to you about this many times. How many times have you gone online and seen people post, oh, does anyone know a dance physical therapist in blah, 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 Alabama? And there's like crickets. And then there'll be a response, somebody saying, oh, I know this person. Cause we only know so many people. We can't know everyone. Right. And, and they're right. recommending the person, it's often a name you see constantly tagged because that's the only thing people can think of off the top of their head. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. And then there are yeah. um, some, uh, what is it called? Um, contact lists or whatever that have been made. I have a free one in the dance PT group, but there are some contact lists that are made, but you have to pay to be on it um, or do some work to be on it. And which I, I personally have not joined any of them because I just don't think that's really going to be an inclusive network. I, I like really, if the purpose is to provide patients a directory of places where they can get help, but then those people need to go in and like either pay a fine, which I get, I get paying a fine, but then is it really accessible? Is it really going to be advertising every single dance PT in the United States? No. So then to me, that's a useless, that's a useless referral because I, I, I need, mm -hmm. I need it to truly be open, truly be open. Anyway, I digress. Okay. So your journey, you have that happen with you from what was the gap of time from you doing your clinical rotations, being a professional PT, and then going, okay, I'm going to try going for this again. What, how, how, what was that gap of time for you? Yeah. So I graduated and then I think I took like two or three months off because I was studying for the NPTE after I graduated and then took it and passed that. 
And then I was um, looking for a job for about a month. So I think it was a total of three month gap from when I graduated, which was that final clinical that happened right before graduation. Uh, and then I was working um, in a clinic in California, actually, and really building my network, even starting then with the other dance healthcare professionals in the area, and then reaching out to dance studios and dancers. Then COVID happened and I was furloughed and that pushed me back home to Colorado actually. So I worked about six months at that job. And then I took a long time off uh, and went back probably about a year or so later to actually start my clinic, my practice. Nice. And what made you decide to start your own practice instead of bringing dancers into someone else's clinic because both are great options? Yeah, I always wanted to. I always always had this desire to start my own practice. I remember in school daydreaming about it like very often, like, how can I do this? How can I start my own thing? So it was already, the seed was already planted and it was growing. And by the time like, you know, during COVID upon a lot of reflection, I was like, I'm just going to do it. So I went online, figured out how to start an LLC. It was right around the time that I decided to do your mentorship program too. So like I started my practice and did your mentorship kind of at the same time, which was perfect because I could really build my business and foundation and bring dancers into the door, which was my goal from doing the business side of the dance PT program. Yeah, that's great. You had a you had a good crew of oh, you know that was so funny. I I always joke about this, but there was literally only one non-mom in that group in your cohort. Everyone yeah. else moms, and so many people were focused on business. And, and so if you're a person listening and you're a parent, and Sarah was a new mom, new baby, new like infant, just just out, you know, and and doing all <laughs> this. So it just shows it's not that is. I'm going to ask a redundant question. Did it take a lot of work? Does it still take a lot of work? Absolutely. Yes. There's no such thing Every as day. income, period. Doesn't exist. Uh, if anybody ever says that to you, run. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, it definitely took took a lot of work, but she found a way to make it work within her schedule. But I feel like it, it, there's a big point of, a foundation of desire that really needs to be in existent existence for you to have the drive to do it. It doesn't mean that you're lazy or you don't care, but there's this level of desire that needs to exist. Would you mind talking about that a little bit more, Troiki? Sure. Yeah. I think there are moments, you know, even during my week where I'm like, oh, like, do I have the motivation to do this? But I think what I turn to often is my why. Like, why? Why am I doing this? You know, what? bring it back to like the root reason. And my why is because I never had a person like a dance physical therapist or even a dance healthcare professional to help guide me when recovering from injury or just to like understand my body better as a dancer. So I grew up to be that person and I want to give back to the community and the young dancers that 
are at an age where I was at their age wanting that. So that really gives me the passion and the drive to want to keep going, even in those moments when I'm feeling like I don't want to send another email. I don't want to like do another marketing thing, you know, so. <laughs> Absolutely. It goes in waves. I deal with that as well. I love to, I, I, I'm going to quote you for, uh. <laughs> like, I'm just like, uh. I know what you mean. Oh gosh, I relate with that so much. There just really periods of like that. And then there, Lord knows there's things going on for every individual in our personal lives that can be a major hindrance on even if our our practice starts to become successful, you know, like uh because it's even yeah. though that's good, the stuff in your personal life can can make it difficult. For mm -hmm. you, uh, it didn't happen. Uh, what was your, some things that happened that in your career that were really helped with getting your practice to take off? Yeah, a couple things. Aside from the come to mind. Out of it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I really started to notice accelerated growth when I would create contacts with specific dance studios in the area. I mean, that's when I'm, that's what I'm familiar with. You know, I grew up as a studio dancer and one of my studios that I'm very much in contact with is that studio. Oh, Groot. Um, <laughs> I, so that's, there's that, like creating these connections and this community again. I also find when I stay connected and I go take dance classes or I go to shows and my I just show my face and I'm having conversations, that really helps um, kind of keep it going. And then like once one dancer or like a handful of dancers or studio owners know about me, I mean, the word literally spreads like wildfire. I think that among like having connections with other dance physical therapists in my area has helped me to <clears throat> get some of the bigger, really exciting jobs, like working down at the Denver Center Performing Arts Theater Company, because when one person one knows another person, they're like, hey, like, yeah, you're going to want to work with this PT. Um, and so that's been really exciting and helpful too. I love that. Have you ever had, um, for you working with your variety of dancers and performers that you have on, on your, on your list have, uh, is it always a successful outcome with every single dancer or do you have, but road bumps? Um, I mean, I have, I don't know. I think when I see my dancers, there's like this instant rapport when they find out that I was a dancer or that they heard from someone else that I, you know, dance. Um, so on that aspect, I haven't had a whole lot of road bumps, but I think I have encountered some challenges when the dancer isn't responding to treatment as well as I would hope or as well as they would hope. And that can be kind of like, I don't know, frustrating and challenging. And then, you know, my imposter syndrome can kick in, even though like I've given all the resources that I know how to give. And I'm sure I'm like doing the right thing. It's just like, they might need additional help other than me. 
So that, I would say that's the roadblock that I encounter is like, oh, this isn't, this isn't going as I expected. Um, but when that happens, I usually turn to like mentors or colleagues to like bounce ideas off of them. And that helps to kind of overcome that roadblock. Or I just like go back and reevaluate and I'm like, okay, like let's look at it from a different lens. And usually that helps to take it into gear and overcome that roadblock. So I appreciate you sharing that. I just think it's important for people to know that there's going to be that in, with not with every, it's not always just smooth sailing with every dancer. And that's why you're having a successful, successful practice. There's still always going to be those kind of challenges when you're treating. So I just wanted to get that, that humanity of the experience, because when people hear experience, they're like, oh, they're doing perfect. Everyone's getting better. Everyone's following all the exercises. Everything's figured out and solved immediately. She's shaking her head so you know because you're not <laughs> she's going yeah th those those still it still happens and you can still create trust and get those referrals it's all a big deal yes i i appreciate that well i feel like that's it yeah i'm good with questions here you look fabulous i cannot thank you enough troiki for coming on to troiki for coming on to share <laughs> this I, I like to go into the psychosocial component for PTs and PTAs trying to pursue a career with treating dancers a lot, because that I feel like is the biggest block we get. And, and mm -hmm. when we see one person having success, we can absolutely uh, compare or just start picking on ourselves, which just gets in the way of us following our dreams. Remain persistent with what you want. And where can people find you on social media? Tricky. Yeah. So my handle is at Trinity PT wellness for Instagram, Facebook, you can find me on LinkedIn too. Uh, <laughs> I think those are the major platforms I'm on. My website is also trinityptwellness.com. That's great. Yes, perfect. Perfection. Thank you so much for coming on. And if you would like to reach out to her, definitely find her on social media. It's a great way to connect. Thank you so much for coming on, Troiki. Goodbye. Yes, thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and don't forget to leave us your questions and comments at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com.